welcome back, everybody. Uh, this one is the uh, Bell Witch and the White Witch of Rose Hall. What are you doing? I'm setting the mood. It's supposed to be about ghosts. That's what ghosts do. It's witches. It's ghosts of witches, which would probably sound similar. Did it, did it say the Bell Witch ghost? It said the Bell Witch haunting. Who haunts? Ghosts. Fuck All off. right, I'll give it to you. And that's going to be a reoccurring thing through this entire podcast, isn't it? That's right. I don't have any chains to rattle. Thank. I see you looking for something. Wow. All right. Did that scare anybody? Those are my sound effects. Okay. Keep your day job. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it. It's... Go ahead. Well, we decided on the Bell Witch because it was one that you picked. That's correct. I lived in Tennessee for uh, about six years. Um, and this was something that was widely talked about, kind of like the Mothman in, in West Virginia. And um, super hauntings in other places where, you know, that's where the area is known. That's what the area is known for. I can say that I visited the area. It is spooky, but what forest or what old house or cabin is not spooky? Yeah, I don't even think the house is still there, is it? No. It's just the land. And I'm pretty sure they took a little bit of Blair Witch from, the, you know, they, they took a little bit of They didn't take Witch. a little bit of uh, the Blair, yeah, the Blair Witch totally was based off of this, I okay. think. Okay, I was not going to say complete plagiarism. I was going to say there was influenced heavily. Okay, by, heavily influenced by heavily the Bell Witch. Heavily um, but it is an interesting story nonetheless. This is one that I actually do believe. Um, there's some accounts that I do believe. And there's some that are uh, complete. They also based it. They also bullshit. did a movie based on this too. There is a, the, there's a book. There's a movie. American um, Haunting, wasn't it? An American Haunting or yeah. something like that. And it, it's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good movie um, if, you're, if you're into that. But I, I don't think it's historically accurate as, you, as we get into the details. So, and I think the second one is the White Witch of Rose Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to find something that was kind of, sort of similar. Um, it's really not, except for, like, witch in it, I guess. Or, you know, I guess it could be, because the um, characteristics of the two women, I guess, are kind of similar. Well, and I think, too, the, when we're talking about these stories, these are more your what you think of a witch in a traditional sense, not the Wiccan witch or not anything like that. This is more of a, you know, big top hat type pointy hat thing and, you know, cooking lizards and shit and, and making stews and casting spells. Actually, I think she was just called a witch because she was a very mean person and that's the worst thing they could think of to say back then. The bitch? No, they said witch. Bitch. They sound similar. <laughs> they do, and I think that's on purpose. All right, let's dive in. Uh, the Bell Witch, or Bell Witch Haunting, is a legend from southern United States folklore centered on the 19th century Bell family of northwest Robertson County, Tennessee. Farmer John Bell Sr. resided with his family along the Red River in an area currently near the town of Adams. According to legend, from 1817 to 1821, 
his family and the local area came under attack by a mostly invisible entity that was able to speak, affect the physical environment, and shapeshift. Okay. Huh. Well, I mean, she's a witch. She can do whatever she wants. Was she, though? Because, you know... Wow, that's not going to go away. Some accounts record the spirit also to have been clairvoyant and capable of crossing long distances with superhuman speed and or of being in more than one place at one time. So she's the Flash. Sounds like she could do a little bit of everything. A woman not to be trifled with. So, in a nutshell, the dude shouldn't have pissed her off. Yeah. Okay. Which clearly he did or she... The story wouldn't even be here. In 1894, newspaper editor Martin V. Ingram published his authorized history of the Bell Witch. The book is widely regarded as the first full-length record of the legend and a primary source for subsequent treatments. Wow. We'll see. <laughs> the individuals recorded in the work were known historically personalities so if you have to suspend belief to look into these stories and look into these legends are they real i mean a lot of this sounds very out there it sounds very unbelievable but hey you know what if you're a ghost you're a witch you're a demon you're whatever you can do whatever you want i mean don't you have to kind of like take it with a grain of salt with any kind of haunting or poltergeist activity because this sounds more poltergeist than haunting. I think you have to take you have to take into account perception. You have to take into account when it happened. You have to take into account how skeptical the people were, what they were going through. You know, I mean, we're outsiders looking in, just reading accounts. We're not seeing it. We're not experiencing it. We're not, you know. So for them, this was very, very real. And if I'm not mistaken, 1800s was kind of like witch crazy anyway. Absolutely, using the witch craze. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which, I, I don't necessarily believe this person was a witch, but I believe Any she... Any woman at that time that had a strong opinion or tried to do what a man can do was called a witch. Yeah, we call him a bitch today, or Karen. So... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, all jokes aside... A lot of these accounts that you hear from from that time, there there was a there was a huge religious craze. There was a huge stigma attached to anybody who was not quote unquote Christian, and anything outside of that or any kind of you know if they were opposed to religion or anything like that, then they would be deemed a witch or touched by the devil. Or anything like that. So along with that comes certain lore that maybe or maybe may not have been demonstrated. Maybe assigned to that person as opposed to them actually showing they could do something like that. No, they didn't. I mean, they didn't have to. All they had to do was be outspoken no more than a man. And uh, I mean, that's pretty much all it took. I mean, when we when we get to doing the uh, Salem witch trials, it, it kind of cracks me up because if these people really had these superpowers, then they wouldn't have been 
I don't think they killed a real witch among them. Well, I'm not sure we could have killed them if they really had all the powers you attributed to them. I think it was a reason or an excuse for people to perform horrible sexual abuse, abuse and torture. Abuse, <laughs> abuse. Sing, a sing. Strokey, strokey, stroke, stroke, stroke. That's what you a get sexual... for making fun of me through the whole verse. Hey. There it is. Sexual abuse and torture to satisfy their, their particular fetish. Um, and it was mostly men, I'm sad to say. Probably a group of fucking serial killers, if you ask me. I think I'd, they were, because... In a, in a playground. You know? I mean, think about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of gross. I, I've never made that analogy until now. I've never made that connection until yeah. now. But that, that actually makes sense. Actually, uh. that, that I mean, if you're that dark and you can watch a person, per, ha, 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 person suffer that much... Well, that was the entertainment back then. It was. I gotta get the dick out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, my okay. God. Yeah, that I mean that they would line up and to watch public executions because that's that was their entertainment. Yeah, and we got we got shows now like American Idol and play, and shows like that that humiliate people in a different way. Yeah, Simon Cow got a loving. Ooh, and da Yes, Jokey. Right, now, yeah, see, you got me talking, and I lost my place. In modern times, some skeptics have regarded Ingram's efforts as a work of historical fiction or fraud. Well, that's super nice. Yeah. Other researchers consider Ingram's work a folklore study, an accurate reflection of belief in the region during the 19th century, which is kind of what we were just talking about. Correct. Um... While not a fundamental element of the original recorded legend, the Bell Witch Cave in the 20th century became a source of continuing interest, belief, and generation of lore. So there's supposed to be a cave that's kind of close to the area that she's still supposed to be in. Yes, and and it there's supposed to be um, not just her, but elementals. Yeah. Um, things that she's conjured. You know. Well, it could just be the negative. Uh, because I mean, think about it. If she really didn't do anything, and she w- was wronged, I mean, she really was. Yeah. Well, and and I believe in that too. You know, if it depends on the way that you die, but if you die in a negative way, I do believe that it does create negative energy. Actually, I think people who are alive, they can shed like negative energy, mm-hmm. just like you shed a virus or you shed bacteria and infect other people. And, so I mean, all her, all the negativity that was coming from there and her resentment and everything could have created stuff and i believe that yeah and i believe that it can um such as pk beings which mm-hmm. is something we're going to be doing a, a podcast about um psychokinetic um a lot of that can be attributed to that or i mean to be i mean we don't know i mean she could have had some sort of psychic abilities yeah what but we just didn't understand it and so that's what we called it we had no way to test and validate so the easiest thing to do is say, "She's a witch." She's a witch, or bitch. Goodness gracious! Every witch in the region's gonna come after us now because you keep saying "bitch." In his book, Ingram published that the poltergeist name was Kate, after the entity claimed at one point to be Old Kate Bats, witch, and continued to respond favorably to the name. The physical activity centered on the Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy, and her father, and Kate expressed particular displeasure when Betsy became engaged to a local named Joshua Gardner. The haunting began 
began sometime in 1817 when John Bell witnessed the apparition of a strange creature resembling a dog. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this whole thing started because they had neighboring farms, and it was Kate, wasn't it? Wasn't that her name was Kate? Old Kate, yeah. That would piss any woman off right there. Right, to be called Old Kate, but her husband and John Bell had some kind of an agreement because their farms bordered each other. Not written. It, well, yeah, because it was a gentleman's agreement. Mm-hmm. But then the husband, her husband died and John Bell tried to go back on what it was because Kate was just going to run the farm herself. Right. And that was very frowned upon at the time because men... She's a woman. Right, because men thought women couldn't do it. And Correct. that's what the dispute started over, correct? Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure it's been added to or embellished or changed some way, but I think it really does come down to that, which, you know, back in those days, there was, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of, you know, you're, you're really supposed to take care of your neighbor, you know. If, Especially if, if it's a woman with kids on her own. And the husband dies, yes. Right. So it's kind of your responsibility as a family to help take care of your neighbor. It seems like in this one, they took the opportunity. To screw thy neighbor over. Correct. And then to add on top of that, you have, you know, it seems like adolescent or pre-adolescent females. Which, which is draws poltergeist. Te- they say could, draws could. poltergeist activity when a young female starts to. Again, going into that psychokinetic right. type of storm. It's usually when, uh, how, how do you say it nicely, a young female starts to blossom. When they start to have their periods. Yeah, their emotions. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> As a man in a house full of women. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that that can stir up a lot of emotions, and that's that's the theory anyway. I, I can't say that I've experienced that, but that's the theory that um, a lot of you know, psycho psychologists who who study um, supernatural phenomenon say can right. happen. So, and it seems like her this guy saw a, a dog. So they're saying that's the shape shifted. The shape shifting, yeah. Okay. Um, and why he would think a dog was unusual, who knows? To say, hey, my name is Kate. Right. I'm old Kate. Um, it says that Bell then fired at the animal, but it disappeared. Well, what dog wouldn't run away if it's being fired at? Or was it even a dog to begin with? Was it just something you saw? Exactly. Could have been a shadow. Right. And you're the dumbass that fired at a shadow. John's son, Drew Bell, approached an unknown bird perched on a fence that flew off and was of extraordinary size. So, you're telling me that because they saw a dog and a big-ass bird, they're automatically thinking there's something not right about this. Hey, this place is fucked up. Where did we get the fucking Jurassic Park bird and uh, bitches who turned into dogs? Wait a minute. That makes no sense. That's just, Wow. So I, I guess I don't understand how they drew that, but if it's two new things that are showing up amongst all of this uh, turmoil, maybe that was one way. And also, it could have been a way to allay their guilt. It could have been, and this could be to why, say, "Well, oh, look at her, though," you know. And this could be why everybody said that this guy's book was fiction. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I may have you know done some bad shit, but uh, there's a big ass bird on her fence. And she's fucking the devil. I mean. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, crows don't get big or anything. She brought the Thunderbird. Look at owls. Owls are big, but you wouldn't, typically you wouldn't see an owl. Well, it doesn't say if it was daytime or nighttime, but typically you don't see owls during the day. 
If you Typically. do, but what other? Then but, you're getting your hog letter. Yeah, but what about the other? What about the other predatory birds? Well, hawks you would see during the day sure. and vultures and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that a vulture would just be perching on somebody's fence, and if it is, what are you doing? Right. There's definitely something. You got something hanging right. from your basement that's yeah. drawing the. Yeah, she got old Kate. Uh-huh. Could be. <laughs> Uh, the daughter Betsy observed a girl in a green dress swimming from swinging from the limb of an oak tree. Swinging. Swinging. I like. Like on a swing. It doesn't say if it was on a swing or if she was just holding the limb with her hands and swinging back and forth that way. Um, I would hope that she didn't have her legs slung over that and was hanging upside down. So you know, her dress was up around her head, showing everybody her unmentionables. That would have been a little odd. May have been a little odd. It's just odd that you seen a girl swinging in a tree. But I, why would you think that was? What was there to do in the seventeen hundreds but climb trees, throw rocks, and play in the grass? I mean, what else was there to do? I guess well, steel farms. Uh, that too, yeah. Uh, Dean, a slave of the Bell family, reported being followed by a large black dog on evenings he visited his wife. There's that dog again. So, are they trying to say that's a grim? That's what I'm thinking. But still, you have to do something for a Grim to just show up. That's one we'll do. Yeah. Remind me. That's that's one we'll do. Hey, you wanted to do a Grim. Yeah, I thanks. That's super helpful to remind me two seconds after <laughs> I say it. Activity moved to the Bell household with knocking heard along the door and walls. Okay, well, 1700s can't be pipes. No, nope, can't be pipes. But it could be you have children in the house. Could be animals. Could be yeah, because it does. I don't think it says comes out and says like how many kids they actually had in the house. But it could be animals too. Could be you know just rodents. Could be mice and stuff. Yeah. The uh, the family heard sounds of gnawing on the beds, invisible dogs fighting, and chains along the floor. Well, gnawing on the beds could go with the mice and rats. Sure. Uh, invisible dogs fighting. If How there's do you know? dogs outside that you can't see in the woods fighting, it makes they're just trying to find. I and chains along the floor that might be one you can't really debunk that easy. It's not even about debunking. Why do we go right to it's paranormal? Why? Because there's no other way to explain like the, And also, I think it lends to a guilty conscience. Yeah. Well, I mean, we hear dogs all the time, but we don't automatically go, that's a ghost dog. Right. I mean, and we see dogs in our yard a lot. I don't automatically go, that's weird. No, that's someone's a, fucking dog got out. Uh, that's a paranormal dog in the yard right there. Yeah. I mean, What's and, happening? And if they're invisible, how do we know? <laughs> they're fighting because they're barking. Well, it could I be guess dogs because, at a distance barking. I well, mean, it could be because you know when dogs fight, the, the sounds they make. Yeah. I mean, because when we take walks, there's these two dogs that fight each other over who gets to bark at us. So I'm assuming that's the sounds they heard, but they couldn't see any dogs. But again, you're surrounded by woods. Yes. Well, we're not, but they were. So odds are pretty good that there's some stray dogs out there fighting sure. over whatever they just found to eat. Yeah, or it could be wolves. It could be anything. Well, that, well, yeah. I mean, that's probably what it was. Does Tennessee have wolves? Well, sure, yeah. Uh, about this time, 
John Bell began experiencing paralysis in his mouth. Stroke much? Paralysis in his mouth. <laughs> I'm not making fun of strokes. But he, he had paralysis in his mouth. So I can only imagine it was, hey, that's okay. I just all of a sudden, but there's no other symptoms but paralysis of the mouth. Okay, well, what would that be? Is that a medical thing? Well, I mean, there's Bell's palsy. There's, there's all kinds of palsies that can happen. From... And back then, they would have assumed, I've been cursed. I've been cursed. I've been cursed. God damn it, been cursed. Yeah, which cursed me. I got, the, I got the mouth paralysis. That's what it always comes back to, being cursed by a witch. Uh, the phenomena grew intensely as sheets were pulled from beds when children slept. It could just be tall tales. Or kids moving around a lot and kicking the blankets off. Or pranking. Soon the entity pulled hair and scratched the children with particular emphasis on Betsy, who was slapped, pinched, and stuck with pins. Well, what the hell did Betsy do to her? And this does lend to the theory that it could have been poltergeist activity. Right. You know, again, I I, I am a believer in in the paranormal and supernatural, but I think only 5% of what's reported is actually true and can be validated and tested. That's what that sounds like. If she's telling the truth, that's a big if. Oh, yeah, it's a big if. It's a big if. I mean, unless, you know, you're standing beside her and then all of a sudden you see her hair come up for no reason and somebody pull it and pull her by it. Well, then, okay, maybe. Yeah. And if it's really what this family was going through. Well, then that sucks. That sucks real bad. You need to reevaluate what the fuck you're doing. However, if it's not witness, Betsy could be lying. Exactly. She could be embellishing the story. She's getting attention. Exactly. Yeah. The Bells turned to family friend James Johnston for help. After returning, retiring for the evening at the Bell home, Johnston... James Johnston. Is that a character made up by Stan Lee? Jesus. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Um, after retiring for the evening at the Bell home, Johnston was awakened that night by the same phenomena. That morning, he told John Bell it was a spirit just like in the Bible. The spirit. So, Jesus... Jesus came down, and he was like, I'm going to pinch you. It's time to wake up. I can do so many other things. But, but I decided to spend my time waking you up. I'm going to pull your hair. I'm going to pinch you. I'm going to and, take your sheet. You don't deserve no sheets, James Johnson. It doesn't say what spirit in the Bible, but okay. Uh, it's like spirit in the Bible. Okay. Have you read it? It's spirit Bible. There's a lot of spirits. There's a Holy Spirit. Was it the Holy Spirit? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, uh, pinch me and everything <coughs> like that, and I didn't even have to pay for it. Normally, I like that kind of thing. You don't have to spread me with a good time. But, <laughs> but it woke me out of my deep sleep, and I don't like that. Oh, no. Mr. Holy Spirit, don't do that to me. Soon, word spread of the haunting, with some traveling great distances to see the witch. So this could be like, hey, give me money mm-hmm. to see the witch. The apparition began to speak out loud and was asked, Who are you and what do you want? And the voice answered feebly, feebly, freely, feebly, something. It's, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed. Okay. (laughs) Female or male or... It's female because she eventually goes by Kate. Woo! I am a spirit. 
Oh, and I was once happy, but now I'm not. All oh, the periods and, and things. My dog. Have you seen my dog? Alrighty then. The, the, the spirit. Ooh, I flew in on a bird. Well, she could have. They did see a big-ass bird. The spirit offered diverse explanations of why it had appeared, trying, tying its origin to the disturbance of a Native American burial mound located on the property and St. Drew, Drew Bell and Benedict Porter on an unproductive search for buried treasure. Well, that's a shitty thing to do. I do think that... Not only are you just a horrible person, but if you disturb an Indian burial ground, you deserve whatever what you're, you're get. getting. And I think you would disturb anybody's burial ground. That's right. You deserve what you're going to get. You see what happened to those ones that disturbed King Tut. Exactly. I think that it's it's left to be what it is. And if it's sacred to somebody, that means there's a belief there and you interrupt their belief. That's karma, not necessarily something evil. But you deserve what you're going to get. Yeah, you, you've got it coming. With the emergence of full conversations, the Spirit repeated word for word two sermons given 13 miles apart at the same time. The entity was well acquainted with biblical texts and appeared to enjoy religious arguments. Um, who wasn't back then? What else was there to do? Exactly. So this, this motherfucker was arguing with himself. Probably. With, about the Bible. He probably thought he was talking to somebody else, but was talking to himself. So and, now we're in a mental illness. That's what it, I mean. I think the whole thing is just crazy. As another amusement, the witch spread gossip about activities in other households, and at times appeared to leave for brief moments to visit homes after an inquiry. Is gossip a, different than gossip? What? Because you said gossip. Is that different than gossip? <laughs> you know what? Shut up. Ooh! Don't spread your gossip, Pip. About me. Do we need to remember the dick that was in your mouth a little bit ago? No, I'll okay. find it later. John Johnston, <laughs> a son of James. Really? James Johnston. <laughs> John, John, <laughs> God did, damn it, you know who you are. Get over here. Did, did they not? <laughs> James, John, John, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they only use the same names over and over and over again. Okay, John Johnston. You're going to fuck this up. I can't say <laughs> You're going to fuck this up. A son of James. James is highlighted in green. John is <laughs> highlighted in yellow. Shut up. Devised a test for the witch. Something no one outside his family would know. Asking the entity what his <sighs> Dutch step-grandmother in North Carolina would say to the slaves if she thought they did something wrong. The witch replied with his grandmother's accent, Hut tut, what has happened now? Not toot toot, hut tut. Wow. Hut tut, what has, what has happened now? Yes. Okay. I, I don't even know what to say. Hut tut, what has happened now? Hut tut. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you say to that? And another account, an Englishman stopped to visit and was offered to investigate. On remarking on his family overseas, the witch suddenly began to mimic his English parents. Again, at early morning, the witch woke him to voices of his parents worried as they had heard his voice as well. 
So she woke him up with the voices of his parents and she decided to go across the pond hmm. and scare his parents with his voice. It's kind of messed up. Uh, that that Now, if they're reporting that and they didn't know, like, how, how would you know that? You know, like, you because you're not calling anybody, so yeah. you're writing and they're like, oh. Or maybe when he got home, they told him about it. Maybe. Because I like, assume oh, that he was like, forget. oh, wait a minute now. You would remember that. Yeah. I, I guess if that's true, that's weird. I mean, it would take him months to get home. Yeah. But again, again, it goes into that psycho... Kinesis, yeah, the, the, type the of, PK stuff. Yeah, type of area, yeah. Uh, the Englishman quickly left that morning and later wrote to the Bell family that the entity had visited his family in England. So, that's... Yeah, I'd, I'd have left too. No, screw this. He apologized for his skepticism. At times, the spirit displayed a form of kindness, especially towards Lucy, John Bell's wife, the most perfect woman to walk the earth. They're Mormons? What? Oh, that Woman! Fucking, oh, okay. I was just that fucking explains everything. No, Kate would say of Lucy that she was the most perfect woman to walk the earth. So she was a lesbian. Witch. No. Okay. Well, oh, she's okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I don't. Possibly. She the, liked her though. I could. The witch would give Lucy Did fresh she ever, fruit. Did she ever give her a little? little I'm I'm little, telling you now what she used to give a little her. Little spiritual pleasure. Sweet baby Jesus. What is that? Oh, Kate. I don't think she was a succubus. Oh, Kate. Or succubus, succubi, suck, <laughs> suck, <laughs> succubi. Are they? If they're lesbian, are they still sucky by? Are they something else? Are they licky by? They're still sucky by. They're not licky by. Because the female of the because if it's the female version is a succubus, the male is an incubus. But I if think. He's, but if, if let's just say he likes the opposite. I mean, if he likes the same sex, then he would be a. Succubi. It would still be a sucky by. I'm not even arguing with that, or I'll get a headache. Okay. The witch would give Lucy fresh fruit and sing hymns to her, and As she gave her a licky. And showed John Bell Jr. a measure of respect. Jesus junior? Junior. Referring to John Bell Sr. as Old Jack, the witch claimed she intended to kill him and singled this intention through curses, threats, and afflictions. The story climaxes with the Bell patriarch being poisoned by the witch. Wait a minute. <clears throat> so he was poisoned? Yes. By his wife, probably. <laughs> she said it was the witch. He must. Have <laughs> I've been, had enough of you. He must have been a day. I don't know. It's the witch. I fixed him his favorite meal. And then he died. I'm not sure. It is what it is. Oh, Kate said she was going to do something with the poison. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> Afterward, the entity interrupted the mourners by singing drinking songs. In 1821, as a result of the witch's entreatment, Betsy Bell called off her engagement to Joshua Gardner. Subsequently, the entity told the family... Well, it fuck was yeah, going... ran him off. He's like, look, I ain't staying here getting exactly. poisoned by a crazy-ass witch. The, uh, subsequently, the entity told the family it was going to leave, but return in seven years in 1828. Okay. The witch returned on time to Lucy and her sons Richard and Joel with similar activities as before, but they chose not to encourage it, and the witch appeared to leave again. Several accounts say that during his military career, Andrew Jackson was intrigued with the story, and his men were 
frightened away after traveling to investigate. That is actually a legend, yes. Yeah, he came in, spent the night, and was like... Old Hickory. That's what they used to call him. Old Hickory. That means he was harder as a fucking hickory. Well, yeah, I mean, it said he went and stayed the night, and he's like, I don't know how you people do it, basically. He's like, I, he's like, you, you're, yeah, it's haunted. I mean, I, I believe his account of it. Like I said, you're talking about someone who's decorated in, in battle. Yeah. And they called him Old Hickory for a reason. And he yeah. didn't break. And an independent oral tradition recorded in the vicinity of Panola County, Mississippi. It's an oral tradition. The okay. witch was the ghost of an unpleasant overseer John Bell murdered in North Carolina. I'm not saying you have to do it, but it's a tradition. But would an overseer have been a woman? I don't think so. Hmm. And this can, tradition... I wonder if you can opt out of that oral tradition. <laughs> yeah. And this tradition, the spirit falls in love with central character Mary leading to her death. Oh my god. This account is reminiscent of vampire lore. The supernatural powers attributed to the Tennessee spirit have also been compared to that of a djinn in mythology. This story has everything. It kind of does. Wow. A prophecy was reported by by May 1903 that the witch could return on the centennial of the Bell family arrival in Tennessee. That's a big word, but centennial. How many? How many years? Hmm. That means you don't know. Oh, there it is. There it is. Dick. In 1937, there were reports of quirky events. Wait a minute. Quirky or quirky? Quirky. Quirky. Like cork? Like a cork? Like something funny happening. Quirky. That's what I said. You said quirky. That's what I said. No, you said... I'm not... That's what I said. Say whipped cream. Nope. Lewis Garrison, owner of the farm that included the Bell Witch Cave, heard unexplained noises coming from inside. Bell descendants described the sound as something rubbing against a house, a paper-like object that flew out of the door and re-entered through a side door, and faint music heard from a piano. That's a lot. A group... That's chopsticks. A group reported to have attended a wiener roast <laughs> at a rock quarry near the Bellwitch Cave. It is too easy. I know. Wiener. Oh, I know. Uh, Bellwitch Cave on July 29th, 1937. The group were joking about the legend when they saw a figure of a woman sitting on top of the cliff over the cave, causing many to flee. So they were making fun of her, and she popped up, and she's like, hey. Hey, motherfuckers. Screw, huh? Screw you, I'm really here. Uh, according to the newspaper, a minister in the group later claimed to have investigated and discovered it was moonlight on a rock. More than likely, more than likely that's what it was. The only one I've heard thus far that's been like, is bullshit. Right. Too much moonshine. Right. You guys are wiener drunk exactly. out here. Too, Too many, many wieners. wieners. <laughs> the second report concluded with a weather report that the moon was barely noticeable that night. So it couldn't have been. Hmm. Got it. So, Barely a few rational explanations of the Bell phenomena have been offered over the years. The haunting, they say, was a hoax perpetrated by Richard Powell, the school teacher of Betsy Bell, and Joshua Gardner, who with whom Betsy was in love. 
It seems Powell was deeply in love with the young Betsy and would do anything to destroy her relationship with Gardner. Hmm. Though a variety of pranks, tricks, and with the help of several accomplices, it was theorized that Powell created all of the effects of the ghost to scare Gardner away, which worked, because indeed Gardner was the target of much of the witch's violent taunting, and he eventually did break up with Betsy and left the area. It has never been satisfactory, satisfactorily explained how Powell achieved all these remarkable efforts, including paralyzing Andrew Jackson's wagon. Right. On but that. he did come out the winner. He married Betsy Bell. And that is the Bell Witch. Well, it sounds like to me that, I mean, there's certain parts of it, if you believe the... Um, first-hand accounts and that maybe there was some sort of poltergeist and maybe, you know, since they were talking about it so much, there was some kind of psychokinetic energy around it since they believed in it so much. Maybe if you go with that more, it sounds like to me there was things to be gained by having the story. And and the movie went off the, uh, the daddy was doing no-no stuff to Betsy. Which probably wasn't uncommon. Um, and then, then really. the trauma of that is what caused the poltergeist activity. I mean, it could be, but it sounds like just from the research, though, that this is a bunch of... That's what it sounds like to me. That's still talked about. I mean, they still well, say the area is haunted and there's all kinds of crap going it's just on. Like the, it's just like the Amityville and everything else. There's a legend around it, and to keep that legend But alive, it's still affecting Bell descendants. So the the Bell descendants are saying, "Oh yeah, oh the, yeah, yeah." They still they still say that, yeah. So that's the curse. So maybe there was something to it. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe there is something to it, but it's also being it was also embellished a bit because there was something to be gained. But what was gained? The dad ended up ended up dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did die. Right. Who take who gets all that land and and money? it would be the oldest son. Yeah. What happened to him? Well, I assume he stayed on the farm. Yep. Because she liked him. Remember? Well, yeah, she liked him right. and the mom. Right. But didn't like the dad or Betsy. Right. Or apparently Betsy's fiancé because he hightailed it out of there. What a guy. Right. What a guy. Hey. Seems fucked up. I'm out. You got some fuckery happen here. This ain't for me. Screw you. I'm going home. It's just... I Yeah. Go on then. Because what the hell... So, that concludes the Bell Witch. What's next? The White Witch of Rose Hall. It's very convenient that that's sitting there for you to tap on. (laughs) I'm surprised it took you as long as it did to realize that was sitting there for you to do that. I knew it was there. I was waiting for the perfect time. Were you? Yep. Okay. Wow. Rose Hall is an... 18th century plantation manor house and home of Jamaica's most famous ghost, the White Witch of Rose Hall. Now, this one's kind of interesting because I am the White Witch. You'll hear the story, and then uh, just just wait for this. It's I'm, it's crazy. I'm the I am the Witch of Miss Cleo. This the White wow. Witch, Miss Cleo. Really? No. That crazy. Never mind. <laughs> <clears throat> The story of Rose Hall begins in the year 1746, when an Englishman by the name of Henry Fanning 
in participation of his uh, in preparation for his upcoming marriage to Rosa Kelly, the daughter of Irish immigrants living in Jamaica. We're going to be prepared to participate. You know what? We're going to let that one go. We're just going to let that one go. Purchased a 290-acre plot of land to cultivate and build a home on. (laughs) Henry and Rosa were married in 1747, but unfortunately, Henry died just a few short months after the wedding. Three years later... In 1750, Rosa married George Ash, a wealthy landowner in St. James Parish. Ash, Ash oh. immediately set about building a beautiful mansion house for Rosa. My name is James. How many times do you think I got messed up? Mr. Ass? Oh, probably a lot. Mr. Ass. Mr. Ass. Ass. Many believed that he named Rose Hall in her honor, but it appears more likely that it was actually named for the Rose family to which George was closely associated. Yeah, he's kind of arrogant. Well, he was rich back then. It was it was expected. Sadly, George died in 1752, shortly after construction of the home was completed. I, this bitch is running through husbands already. Mm, see? Bitches be crazy. A year later... Rosa married Norwood with Wilter. Oh, jeez. Oh, a plantation God. owner and widower these, these names. from Westmoreland. <laughs> the marriage was, by all accounts, an unhappy one. Of course, with that name. So, Witter apparently spent all of his wife's money and left her with a considerable debt. Jesus. Nice guy. Nice guy. Uh, things ain't gonna work out. Oh, you ready for this? The unfortunate union ended with Witter's death in 1767. Did you have a life insurance policy? It's 1767. No. No. No, but he inherits everything of hers. He's dead. He just died. Yep. So, what is there to inherit? She's got nothing to inherit because the asshole's already spent all her money That's and what left I meant. her in debt. That's what I meant. Yeah. In 1768, mm-hmm. Rosa married John mm-hmm. Palmer, yep. the owner mm-hmm. of the neighboring mm-hmm. Palmera estate. Uh-huh. Well. And. Mm-hmm. What happened? Where you at? Mm, is that a big word? <laughs> Shut up. Palmer was also a widower who had two sons living in England. Okay, so they don't live together. Well, he probably came to Jamaica first to mm-hmm. set up. Some shop, fuck, some I guess. Fuckery going on well, here. no, I mean that wasn't unheard of because you would go, you would get the house and everything set up, you would get the servants, you get everything ready, and then oh, you would yes, send for the, the kids. Yes, the servants. John and Rosa had a happy marriage that lasted until Rosa's death in 1790. Okay. So, what is this? Husband number four actually outlived her. Is she a black widow. No, actually, she was the nice one. John died seven years later in 1797. Because John and Rosa had no children together, the Rose Hall and Palmera Estates were left in trust to John's sons in England. So apparently he never sent for them. The sons never went to Jamaica to claim the estate, and neither had any children to pass the estate on to. So upon their deaths, the ownership of the estates passed to Palmer's grandnephew, John Rose Palmer. So that's how it went. Anytime somebody died, it would go to the next family member, next male heir. And they could be like four times removed, but 
That's kind of fucked up. They're still... In 1818, John Rose Palmer moved to Jamaica and took charge of Rose Hall. Soon afterward, he married Annie Patterson, making her Annie Palmer, and it is she who became known as the White Witch of Rose Hall. There are, as with most legends, many variations to the story of the White Witch of Rose Hall, but there are common threads that run through all versions. She was not a nice person. As the legend goes, Annie Palmer was born Annie Patterson, the daughter of an English mother and an Irish father. When Annie was just 10 years old, the family moved to Haiti. There, Annie learned oh, voodoo boy. from her Haitian nanny. But voodoo isn't bad. Hoodoo is bad. Hoodoo! I'm, I'm assuming that since it was a Haitian <clears throat> nanny, it was more hoodoo than voodoo. Hoodoo. Hoodoo, um, voodoo. When her parents later died of yellow fever, Annie was left to be raised by the nanny under whose continued tutelage she became an expert in voodoo. You just, you don't mess with voodoo. I'm just saying, I mean, with a name like voodoo, that's kind of scary, but hoodoo, you're like, well, that sounds like, like a fun board game. Neither one of them are good if they're used wrong. I mean, voodoo is no different than... Any other religion. Well, they're no different than Christianity. Exactly. If it's used wrong. If it's used wrong, then it's, you know, I mean, so is Christianity. But it only has the power that, that you put into it. Exactly. So You if, have to actually believe in it for right. it to, to work. At the age of 18, following the death of her nanny, Annie moved to Jamaica in search of a rich husband. Well, that's nice. How's that different from today? <laughs> I guess. And it's here that she met and married John Palmer, who was by this time the owner of the Rose Hall estate. Within a few months of the wedding, Annie began to tire of her husband. Oh. She started taking slaves as lovers. Oh. When John caught her at this, he beat her with a riding crop. The next day, big surprise, John was dead. So she wasn't into the BDSM that he was. They should have disclosed that before. Right, I mean. Hey, let's get I, the crop out, huh? Let's have a little fun. The thing right. is, is that it was within his right at the time to beat the ever-loving crap out of her and there wasn't anything he do. Yeah, it but was with like a writing a crop, law. I mean, but people do that now just to have fun. Well, yeah, I mean, people do that now, but I don't think he was doing it for fun. But he was really trying to hurt her. He was really trying to hurt her. He just caught her diddling a slave. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. What happened to the slave? Well, he was fine. He beat the wife and left, you know, I'm assuming. But John died the next day, so I, I think it's safe to say the slave's okay. It is believed that Annie had killed him by poisoning his coffee. With John dead, Rose Hall went to Annie, who now had the estate to herself. Thus began her reign of terror. Hmm. She continued to take slaves as lovers, murdering them when she became tired of them. Never mind, apparently he didn't go too well. I guess once you see what's happening, you make sure that she doesn't get tired of you. So you come up with new things. That's what I'm seeing here, too. To make sure I stay alive. <laughs> uh, she would regularly torture her slaves and even kill those who displeased her. She set traps all around the property so that the slaves could not escape. Wow. She is a gem. Yeah, and she actually, this was actually uh, featured on Ghost Adventures. Rose Hall, I think, was, yes. Yeah. They probably made everything up on there. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's come out that they did fake everything. Yeah. 
Slaves that worked in the house and had access to the kitchen were required to whistle whenever they were around food so she would know they were not helping themselves to any of it. They could not whistle with their mouths full. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had to whistle the entire time they were in the kitchen so she knew they weren't They'd selling food. They'd be fucked if there was a Wendigo because they'd have no lips. They'd right. They'd have to hiss. They'd have to do the hissing sound. <laughs> so. I ain't eating this food. I ain't eating the food here. <laughs> if any were caught not whistling, she would cut their hands off as punishment for the supposed theft Oh, of my food. God. You're going to get fatigued after a while and can't fucking whistle. What if your mouth gets dry because you need then something to drink? Then you're losing your hands. No, you better start licking them lips. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got due, to say. Due to her extreme cruel, cruelty and regular <coughs> practice of voodoo, the slaves took to calling her the White Witch of Rose Hall. So she became the White Witch. Is that associated with voodoo? A white witch? Is that a figure in no, a voodoo they, religion? The house was white. <clears throat> so that's why they called her the White Witch. And they said because she did the voodoo, that's why they put witch in there. Okay. Because so typically a white, white witch, typically a white witch is a good witch. That's what I'm saying. That's what I thought. Like if you go back to Wizard of Oz. Right. White witch, down. good witch, black witch, not so much. Right. That's racist. It depend, well, no, it depends on what kind of black stuff you're doing. There's there's Ooh, different. That's racist. It's really not. I'm just saying, what is black always got to be bad? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, I don't make the rules. I, I don't make the Wiccan rules. Okay. A bunch of Wiccan races. Yeah. Oh my God! Let's not alienate the Wiccans out there that might enjoy our podcast. Just, okay, I'm hey. considering the fact there's two in the house. Can't take a joke. Okay, Annie married two more times, murdering both husbands for their money. Again, um, you that, see this bitch come and say no, thank you. This happens today. I mean, it happens all the time. Well, it kind of does. It is said <clears> that she <throat> killed her second husband by stabbing him in the chest while he was sleeping. That's nice. She then poured boiling oil in his ears to make sure he was dead. Mm. Good Lord. Wow. She's creative. She killed her third husband by strangulation. Think of all With the, the help of her slave lover, Taku. What's her name? Taku. Taku. Taken. Annie's downfall began when she fell for an Englishman by the name of Robert Rutherford. Run away, Robert. Rutherford had no interest in her as he was in love with Taku's granddaughter. So the slave she's having sex with, he was in love with her, his granddaughter. To get the granddaughter out of the way, Annie cast a voodoo spell on her. Note as an old hedge, the spell was said to bring about a visit from a ghost that would cause the person whom it visited to slowly wither and die. So I'm assuming that the ghost would like, it's like an energy vampire, I guess. Mm, Like suck the energy from him. Also known today as old age. Or by somebody else, but I won't say it. Taku became so angered at the death of his granddaughter that he attacked Annie and strangled her to death. Oh, man, he's going to lose his hands. Oh, wait wait a minute, he can't now. She did. She did. The slaves took her body and buried it in a deep hole on the estate. They then burned all of her possessions for fear they might be tainted by her spirit. Then a voodoo ritual was carried out to ensure that her spirit could not escape its deep grave. The ritual was, however, performed incorrectly, freeing Annie's ghost to haunt Rose Hall. 
It is believed that Rose Hall escaped the fate of most of the other great houses during the slave rebellion because the slaves believed that burning the house down would release Annie's spirit from the property, freeing it to go wherever it chose. It is also said that the subsequent owners of the estate met with early and often gruesome ends and that this is why the great house has stood empty for more than 130 years. I think it's a museum now. This legend makes for a great ghost story and has proven to proven a boon to Jamaican tourism, especially as Rose at Rose Hall. But a ghost story <coughs> is all it is. And there is the rub. That's how we get the economy booming. Good old story of a vindictive bitch. See, uh, see, I'm not the only one tripping up words. I, just, I couldn't say the word dick. And <laughs> so. You know, we're, we're we're cutting off hands and making them whistle and, you know, hoodoo and voodoo and you're marrying guys and killing them for their money, casting spells. That's what you get. Well, and if you re- remember, like, Ooh. some of the torture yeah. and stuff put me in mind of the one woman from New Orleans. Yeah, we should do one on her. We should. I can't no, remember absolutely. her name off the top she of my head. She was fucking wicked, man. She was horrible. Um, but, but that's where I thought this was going when I did that, when I did this. She was fucking wicked so is there any actual proof that it's haunted the true story of annie palmer is certainly much less dramatic than the legend annie palmer was born annie mary patterson a jamaican of scott's descent she was not brought up in haiti nor did she have a haitian nanny and she most certainly had no training in voodoo so she probably was a very nice person too i would assume Well, I think so. In 1820, she did marry John Rose Palmer, the great-nephew of the original John Palmer. John Rose Palmer was Annie's first and only husband. There is little known about their life together, but it seems to have been relatively normal, peaceful existence. Their time at Rose Hall was a short one, and neither of them died there. So already, you know, it's messed up. Someone did not like her. <clears throat> That's what I think. Because they had her, what, four husbands and, sh- and she killed? Well, she was cutting off hands and making people whistle around food. Exactly. What a bitch. The huge debts attached to Rose Hall and the Palmera estates were more than John Rose Palmer could absorb. Or the estates could cover from. Because the one guy burnt through all that money. Because <clears throat> technically that money should have still been there and kept passing. Someone should have cut off his hands. And it seems like they didn't utilize the land because the land, honestly, should have been supporting the house. Because that's what they did with estates like that. The the farmland and everything that you're doing on the land is supposed to support the upkeep of the house. Uh, both properties eventually passed into the hands of receivers, which debtors. Debtors, yeah. The Rose Hall Great House stood abandoned for more than 130 years, falling into a terrible state of disrepair before a massive restoration returned to it to its former glory. <clears throat> Annie Palmer did not kill her husband or anybody else. John died in 1827 of natural causes. There is also no record of her ever having tortured or mistreated a slave. In fact, the estate had been cared for by just one or two slaves for years, And once it was turned over to the receivers, John and Annie kept no slaves at all. When John died, what little interest Annie still had in the estate, she sold for 200 pounds. 
Wow. When Annie herself died in 1846, 15 years after she was supposedly murdered by her slave lover, she left what little she had to her goddaughter, Gloria Mary Spence. So how did such an innocent woman living such a quiet and uneventful life become the subject of such a horrendous story? How did Annie Palmer become the White Witch of Rose Hall? So, more about that after we pay the bills. Uh, the seeds of the legend were sown in 1868 when a foul-mouthed news reporter editor published a booklet containing many of the elements of the current tale. So, nice guy. Sounds like it. The difference was that this story had Rosa Palmer as the white witch in the murders and other terrible deeds attributed to her. The fact that she actually had four husbands helped to give the story some credibility and as happens with legends, others added their own parts to the story. And that's how it happens. <clears throat> that's how it snowballs. In 1911, a book on the history of St. James was published, which retold the story, but with Annie as the central figure. So it kept bouncing. That Annie, she was a bitch. Um, she cut hands off of slaves, made them whistle. Uh, unless they were windigos, they didn't have any fucking lips. I had to hiss. Um, if their mouths got dry, they just, you know, they had to lick their lip. Well, you ain't allowed to do that. You got to whistle. You're not going to let go the Wendigo not having lips, are you? That's going to stick with you forever. Well, it didn't stick with them. Oh, it I certainly can, didn't. I can tell you that. Because nothing <laughs> stuck to that shit. They had no lips. They gonna, how are they going to do that? They got no lips. How, are they gonna not, how can you not have lips? I'm thing. not a Wendigo, so how would I know? I'm not you? a Wendigo either. I'm a human with lips. Well, I'm trying to imagine life without lips. How do you, how do you eat hot wings? You can't eat hot wings. With no considering lips. the fact that the Wendigos ate human flesh, mm-hmm. how do you suck through a straw? Hmm? How do you do that? You can't they don't suck lips. through a straw. No, they, they can't. That's why. They have no lips. You can't suck through a straw. You ain't got no lips. This would have been a great conversation to have on the Wendigo podcast. She's cutting hands off of people. She actually didn't cut hands off of people. Okay, but that was the legend. That's horrible to blame her about. How are you supposed to eat with no hands? How are you supposed to whistle without lips? Well, that's why they lost their hands, because they didn't have lips. So then they couldn't whistle. Had to become Wendigos. And then they couldn't eat, because they didn't have no hands. This is how it snowballs and gets out of hand. Then, in uh, 1929, Mm -hmm. Annie Palmer's fate was forever sealed... As fact and fiction became intertwined in the Herbert G. DeLesser novel, The White Witch of Rose Hall. Whether or not Rose Hall is truly haunted is hard to say. Some believe it is, some believe it's not. So there's, there's actually no accounts of people documenting anything. Well, I mean, think about it. This goes back, I guess, to your PK stuff. Um, if you're constantly in the area and you're constantly saying, well, this, 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 and this happened bound to be haunted by all the tragedy that happened here. No, there's energy. Wouldn't you kind of manifest the stuff there? I mean, all these people coming and saying the same thing over and over again. No, what you're talking about is kind of in your mind you're building a topa. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, couldn't that happen in that area? You could build something. Or negative energy could attach to whatever it's going to attach to. Or a story if that's what's being talked about. And, and you, it kind of snowballs if that is a thing. Um, 
I just feel bad for this Annie. Like, she didn't do shit. So maybe she is haunting it and saying, hey, look, man, I didn't do shit. That means she very well could. Tell me I'm cutting hands and lips. And I ain't doing all that. I mean, also, people that die, sometimes they say will go back to places they didn't die at to live out the rest of their existence. Some place that they were attached to. Right. Maybe it's someplace that they don't necessarily like, but they're attached to it, so they have to. Well, maybe she did like it there, and she was very happy there and was sad that she couldn't stay. So that's why she went back. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, not everything has to be tragic. Right. At least, or whatever. And she deserves something nice shit. And then, I mean, think about it. The negative, you know, she could have stuck around and been like, what the holy hell, I didn't do this stuff. Right. Why are people saying I did this stuff? Because this woman did nothing. I mean, she wasn't even there, and she only had one husband. The first woman of Rose Hall had four, and she didn't kill any of them. They just kept dying. So it seems like what they did was they took all these stories. They put the two women together and put the two stories together. And then they embellished a bunch of shit, because they may have been assholes. And And there could have been somebody in the area that, I mean, because let's face it, torturing of slaves was not unheard of. No. No. Just, well, so they probably no. took pieces of stories from all over the place and then just put it to this house because it's been sitting there empty for... And it becomes a legend, a rumor. Exactly. Uh, you know, and it draws tourists. And right. It's a money maker. All right. So that's probably what it is. Mm. Many people claim to have seen a shadowy figure dressed in a green velvet riding habit riding a black horse across the estate grounds. Well, that could be a residual. It could be. And it might not even be her. It could have just been somebody else that was riding across the grounds on horseback and maybe died somewhere. Others say that they have seen the figure of a woman dressed all in white on the stairs outside of the great house and to have caught glimpses of the same figure moving about inside the building. Well, there you go. Hmm? And there, there's your white witch. There have also been reports of screams and the sound of running footsteps heard coming from various rooms throughout the house, especially the cellar area, which now serves as the gift shop. Here's my question. Who's to say that while said house was empty, somebody did not take advantage of the fact that it was empty and do all kinds of shit in there they shouldn't have been doing? Oh, no one. I mean, I mean, that's a serial killer's dream right there. Yeah, well, it sounds like a bunch of these fucking people, whoever's coming up with these tortures and stories and shit, and this must be deep-seated fantasy for them. Think about it. It sounds just like the one in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, that's gross. I mean, and to treat humans that way and, well, I mean, teach their own, I guess. I mean, whatever. They're beaten with riding crops and shit and cutting hands and lips and... Well, she didn't even get beat with the riding crop. So she didn't even get the best part of it. Nope, she didn't get spanked. Hmm. Poor thing. She just had a very blah, mundane life. And they've got her as a serial killer. Because think about it. She killed three husbands. Numerous slaves. She's a serial killer. I mean, I guess. And maybe with all them stories, like you said, it could have manifested something. Or it's just stories. Or somebody was actually doing shit on the property that has made it haunted. And they're just saying that because this story was already out there, well, she did it. That's true, too. I mean, if you got slaves, there's always tragedy to follow. I mean, they're not treated. And there was a reason why they had the slave revolt in Jamaica. So, I mean, this could have bled over from another plantation 
to that plantation. Or somebody was just taking advantage of the fact that you've got this big abandoned house that we can do whatever we want in, then nobody's going to catch us doing it. Uh, there have also been, I thought I did that. If the place is actually haunted, it can be said for certain that it has nothing to do with a white witch, murdered husbands, tortured slaves, or voodoo rituals. Though it could very well be Annie Palmer come back from the grave to try to clear her tarnished name. Maybe that, I mean, that's what we said. Maybe that's a possibility. Well, I mean, who wouldn't want to come and clear their name after something like that? I mean, that's horrible. It is horrible. I mean, even the first woman wasn't killing her husbands. They, I mean, think about it. It's 1700s. You're in Jamaica. A mosquito bite could kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, like you said, there was just a lot with that story. There was probably tragedy there. There could have been stuff going on. And this was just an easy way to kind of explain it away. But it also can build tourism. It can build a lot of things. Well, yeah. Um, and, you know, paranormal is not immune from being corrupt. Oh, no. You know what I mean? I mean, nobody really... I mean, if you think about it, any any place that's said to be haunted, they turn it into a, some sort of an attraction. That oh, you yeah. That you go to at Halloween or Well, whatever. I mean, think about it. Lizzie Borden's house. Yeah. I mean, that she didn't even... Like, after her parents died, she didn't even live there. But it's said to be haunted, and it's a bed and breakfast now. Yeah. That's booked out. Well, probably not now. But is usually booked out because people want to stay in there. The the hotel from The Shining. And sometimes too, just the people believing. And it's so much will because cause, they want it to be. Yeah, will cause yeah. the manifestations of the stuff. It could, or it could just be. Um, but how do you? I mean, I, I guess for individual people, it could just be all in your head. But how do you explain it when it's groups of people experiencing? Exactly. This? There's groups of people, and there's accounts of that UFOs, the cryptid stuff, uh, hauntings. You know, they all kind of. If it's a group of people, they're experiencing the same thing. How do they do that? Well, maybe it is And at different times. Yeah, and maybe it is, it is because... You it, just want it so bad that it's happened. Right, which lends the, the credence to, you know, psychokinetic type stuff. Things that you can create with your mind. Um, things that you give power to, and it kind of snowballs. Uh, I mean, we don't understand this stuff. We don't know how energy works. Mm-mm. We know that... We're made of energy, and if we die, we all we know science has proven energy cannot be destroyed. It just is there. Yeah, it just changes, <coughs> and so you know it could be big balls of energy, right? You know that that, that can manifest in any way it wants to manifest. And you have to think that if it is in fact her haunting the area, it is because she's probably screaming at the top of her lungs. I did not. Do I this. didn't do this. Right. You know. I know. I would. It's horrible to I walk mean, around. You'd be the bitch who cut hands. Exactly. I mean, how You'd do you think that makes... You'd be the bitch who'd be like, uh, no, you can't touch the food. <clears throat> you have to... Can you imagine? You can <laughs> just, just look at it. Just whistling. I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> sneaking fucking chickpeas. <laughs> I mean, I, I bet they would figure out how to eat and whistle at the same time. I mean, you'd have to. The whistle would change, though. Sound like a muted whistle. Well, it would still be a whistle. You didn't say what kind of hey, whistle. I hear you in there whistling, motherfucker. You didn't say what kind of whistle. You just said the whistle. I just wanted to add a bit of melody, ma'am. So all, they they could have just had rape whistles hanging around their neck and blow through it every now and then. I guess. I guess. <laughs> how can you? And two, if you got a group of people, how do you know which one's not whistling? 
Which one you motherfuckers ain't whistling? Exactly. If there's more than one person in hmm? there, if you've got a couple of people whistling. Um, how, how I don't hear your whistle. I, that's a good point, though. If you have four or five people in there and only three of them whistle so two can eat and then you rotate, how are you going to know all five gonna, of them aren't whistling? We're going to whistle in shifts and when we can have some of them chickpeas. I'm just saying. How do you not know? <laughs> just, it's ridiculous whoever made that up. Who, who would do that to somebody? <clears throat> somebody uh, trying you, to sell books? You can look at it. Look at that ham. It's trying, it's, it was it was a white guy trying to sell books. But you better fucking whistle. Right. And I mean... You can smell it. And <laughs> you but, can smell it. But you can't eat it. But think about it. I mean, it's the perfect time for that type of story. Because, like I said, slaves were always abused. Well, maybe not always, but 95% of the time, we'll say. You might have had your 5% of slave owners that realized, hey... If we take care of these people, clothe them, feed them, be nice. Oh, you mean treat them like human beings? Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Hey, how about we just pay them? Probably get more out of them. If we... You would. But it just... Or, here's a thought. Let's not do it at all. Yeah, because it seems like a really bad idea. Because it's just... You don't need it. You don't need it. Anything else on the White Witch? That would be the end of the White Witch. Okay. Well, I... And kind of a crappy end at that because... What well, was anticlimactic? I, I mean, mean... Well, not really because you hear all that stuff and then you're like, surprise. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the story was was sound and it was like, ooh, this is going to be good. This is going to be like a fucking evil person, witch type thing. And not only was she not a witch... She wasn't even mean. She was not a bad person. And you thought you was going to get some real, like, evil shit going on. And <clears throat> they're like, nah. You can whistle. You can eat. You can have your hands. <laughs> you can have your lips. Well, and it didn't even say that her and her husband actually had an abundance of slaves. I think they had two. Which was not uncommon back then. It didn't make it right. It, it doesn't was, make it right. But, but it was And it, that, too, was just to keep up the grounds in the estate. So, I mean, you, you got two. You're not really torturing and murdering the two that you have. Well, what are we doing on the next podcast? The next one, to go along with our Oofy Spooky for October, is the... Here we go with the chain again. The Amityville Murders in the Velisca Axe House. Hell yeah. That's probably going to be a pretty long one. Hell yeah. We always like a long one. All right. Oh, my God. So we will see you at the next podcast if you like a long one. And, and on that note. <laughs> and you want to be scared. Of the not long one. Correct. Tune in for Amityville and the Villisca Axe Murders. Very, very, maybe not paranormal spooky, but definitely well, I guess crazy in the way that these murders happened. And they're... Yeah, Truly, I don't, one of them's unsolved, so. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I don't think we really touched on the paranormal part of yeah. the Amityville. I think we wanted to take it more of the... I think we'll do the paranormal side after we do. They tell the actual story, and then we can compare. Yeah. So, but, thank you again for joining us. We love you all. You can have your hands and lips. <laughs> and you can we, whistle. <laughs> and if you have, if we have food, you can have some. <laughs> you can whistle. You can <laughs> You are not getting over that. <laughs> that... You are going to bring that up. Right. For weeks. 
Okay, well, we'll see you back here for Villisca and Amityville. You have a good one. Bye.